So I'm here to talk about the Women's Ministry Summer Workshops. And the first one we have coming up is Saturday, July 22nd at 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And it's going to be a cooking workshop, and I'm going to teach it. And this is a really great time to bring your non-Christian friends, someone that might not want to come and sit in a church because it might be too intimidating. No offense. Sorry. (laughs) But this is just a really fun way to bring your friends to something and introduce them to church and let them know how much fun we have here at church. So I'm going to be doing... We're going to be doing three different um, food items. The first one, I'll tell you about the day today and the next, I'll tell you about next week. But the first one we're going to do is a make-ahead um, freezer breakfast sandwich. And it's kind of like the ones you get at McDonald's or Starbucks, but it's much better. So we're going to learn to make them ahead, put them in the freezer, and that way you can have those um, for breakfast and you can save time and save money. So we're going to do that one. And then um, I'll tell you about the next ones next week. And then we are, in August, doing a card-making workshop. So that I'll tell you a little bit more about that in August. But um, the cooking workshop is $15, and there's going to be sign-ups outside at the welcome cart, and I'll be there. And we still have a couple books, free books out there for the women also. And um, when you sign up, if you pay me or Eileen, that's going to secure your spot because we only have 20 people that can come to that and it's filling up pretty quickly. So go ahead and make sure you get the money to me or Eileen so you have a place. So, And I think that is it. So thank you. Great. Thanks, Christine. Hello. Good morning. How are we? Good. All right. Well, I've got a couple of youth announcements, and I'm a, little, I'm a week late on one of them, so I'm sorry. But the first one is I want to recognize and congratulate any graduating students or those who have been promoted, and I see at least one. Can you raise your hand? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's give her a hand. So there, man, there's only one, but that's all right. So if you see any of the other students that have graduated or have been promoted, uh, just encourage them, let them know that you support them and love them. Um, And as a church, you know, we, we want you to know that we're proud of you, that we love you, and even though you may be going far away into college, we, we still support you and love you. So, uh, And lastly, uh, it is the summer, so we have a, an event coming up. It's our pool party. And it's going to be this Wednesday from 6 to 8. We're going to be at the Body Combs. Uh, there are uh, sheets on the back table, the welcome cart. It's got more information on there. But if you would, if you're planning to go, would you just let me know? Because uh, it's always great to have extra pizza. Uh, but I've already got kind of a figure going now with, you know, Shiloh being pregnant and everything. And uh, uh, so just let me know. We're going to have pizza. We're going to have games. We're going to have fun and just kind of kick off the summer uh, with the pool. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jordan. I'm still trying to figure out how you blame Shiloh for your weight gain. But um, that's kind of that's sympathy eating. Is that what it is? All right. A couple others. Uh, Men, we mentioned this a few weeks ago in November, solely business men's event. Uh, Registration is today at 2 p.m. It does fill up very quickly. Uh, Reagan, if you were here a few weeks back, did a great job sharing. Uh, This is a a life changer, and uh, you get away. It's just, what, two hours up at Fraser Park. 
Um, but registration is today. The, there's a link to the website on our website, and if you have questions, you can talk to Randy afterwards or text him, and he'll get you the link. But uh, we want to really let you know at 2 p.m. today when it, when it opens up, it does fill up really quickly. So uh, take advantage of that if you're available for that. And then uh, something we've been announcing for the last three weeks, two weeks, three weeks, uh, next Sunday, we are not going to be here. We are all going to participate in something bigger than us. Uh, we're the first annual, first time ever, we're doing a Ojai Valley Ministerial Association churchwide service and picnic. Uh, I mean, we celebrate Good Friday as churches in the valley, you know, at, at uh, Libby Bowl. And uh, as senior pastors, we just had uh, the, uh, our last meeting this past Wednesday. And there's going to be, I think, four or five churches that are going to be out there on uh, Sunday, next Sunday. Uh, we really encourage you to come on out. And uh, it's going to be something new, and we're going to test the waters with it. Uh, Pastor Gavin is going to be preaching, redemption, and actually it's going to be a collaborative worship team, from what I understand. And we really want you to come out and just be a part of something bigger than us. You know, it, it's kind of interesting. Sundays, we, we all I understand, you know, God calls us to individual fellowships. Um, but especially the geography of the Ojai Valley, when we meet, it's really great to be with the other pastors because we recognize that the geography of the Ojai Valley lends itself to really seeing us as the church of the Ojai Valley. And so next Sunday, we encourage you to come on out. Uh, thank you for all of those who have signed up. The sign-up sheets look great out there. There's, there's two, uh, two elements to the sign-up sheet for next Sunday. One is uh, if you're going to drive in to Soul Park, you know, someone on the east end, don't go to the golf course. We're not going to be at the golf course. Okay, it's Soul Park County Park. Uh, typically, there's uh, a fee to come in, but uh, that has been covered. Someone has graciously donated um, to get all of us there for free. Um, but we would like to know the number of cars because we have to finalize that with the county. So a sign-up sheet, you can just put your last name, and then we'll know that that vehicle is coming through. Also, uh, on that sign-up sheet, you may see a last name with a number. Uh, that's for a barbecue. Redemption is doing a barbecue, hamburgers, hot dogs, potato salad, chips, drinks, the whole deal. And uh, again, someone has come forward and comped your barbecue. So, yes. So uh, if you would just let us know, put your name on there and a number, and uh, we're going to let Redemption Church know how many more burgers and dogs they need from the well. Um, so we really encourage you to come on out. Uh, a couple of logistics when you get there. Uh, come through the gate. When you come through the gate, just tell them that you're from the well. They're going to be doing a little tally. Uh, we're in area two, okay? So park in area two and then bring your chairs or your blankets and then you'll, you'll see where redemption is set up for the service. We're just all going to walk over there. Um, you can bring your own food. You don't have to do the barbecue. Bring your own food. And then it's just a picnic afterwards with the other churches in the valley. Uh, we all know each other anyway, so it's just like a big reunion. Um, and then finally, and, and you guys are really good about arriving early here, and we really appreciate that. But I just, how many of you have been to Soul Park? Okay, how many of you know there's one lane in? So I just want to picture regular, not, not you, but regular church people who think it starts at 10. So what time are they all going to arrive? At 10. So imagine four churches at 10 a.m. at the gate at Soul Park. So I'm just going to encourage you, probably want to get there early. Okay, just to get parked and walk on over so that at 10 a.m. you're not backed up to the main road hoping that you get in in time. So uh, come on out. It's going to be a great Sunday. It's the first ever, you know, um, we have great relationships with the other pastors in the valley, and, and we're genuinely excited about this because we really have a, a heart for this valley, and we really understand that we're just part of something bigger than any of us. 
And uh, so to come out there, especially in the culture and climate of where the country and the world is, uh, for the church of the Ohio Valley to gather uh, is really even a declaration of unity in Christ. So if you can make it, um, we'd love to have you. Please sign up, and, um, and we're going to have a great time. Well, good morning. We are going to continue uh, our journey through the gospel of Mark this morning. And as I was preparing and, and kind of thinking about the passage that we're about to read, it, it reminded me of my time as a youth pastor. I started in uh, youth ministry back in the late 80s, early 90s, spent about the first 15 years of youth ministry uh, working primarily with high school students. Oh, and by the way, congratulations, Dylan. There is another graduate right there. Yes. So I worked with the Dylans of the world. And then, but, um, there, were, there were times uh, every once in a while when I was at church, I'd get a call from a parent and they would want to set up a, a counseling time to get together. And I'd say, sure, uh, what's going on? It's like, well, you know, it just seems like it's a battle every day over everything now. You know, it just keeps escalating. And, and I don't know what happened to my little Dilly. He used to be so nice. And, you know, she was so, and then all of a sudden they went to middle school and high school. And I just don't know what happened. And, you know, we're at our wits end and it's just World War III all the time. Can we come talk to you? And, and I'd be like, sure, come on in. And they would, they would come and chat. And, and very often... Uh, what would happen is there had been things in, in you know, the parenting process, and we would identify that the source of conflict really was a source of authority in the home. Now, if you've been a parent, quick survey, as a parent, how many of you have ever battled with authority issues from your adolescence? Okay, let's, let, but let's, let's just all join the club. How many of you, when you were a teenager, thought you knew better than mom and dad? Right? Right? If they would just do this. Right? And so at a certain point, you hit like mid-teens and suddenly you wake up and you're the authority. Anyone? Right? You're the authority. And then, and then when that happens and you have kids and they come through and you're looking like, oh my gosh, I did this to my mom and dad? Right? And you, how many appreciate your mom and dad more as an adult? You're like, I can't believe they put up with me, right? And so it's an authority issue, right? And this kind of battle of authority and, and who's in charge and I don't want to submit and do it because I said so and you can't make me and I'll take away your cell phone. Go ahead, take my cell phone. I don't care. And so there's this authority thing going on in the home, you know, that again... It's kind of normal, right, for, for adolescent development where they're going. Uh, parents, just a word of encouragement when they're this small. Parenting plays a big role in how they're going to process authority when they're bigger, okay? And in the passage that we're going to look at in Mark today, we're really looking at authority as the underlying theme. In fact, it's Jesus' authority as he launches into his ministry Really, he's announcing that he has some authority in and of himself. And so we're going to look at that. Uh, it's a fairly long passage, um, but it's, it's the beginning of Jesus, kind of his public ministry. And a familiar passage to many of you, but we're going to read it starting in Mark 1, verse 21. It says this, 
And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. So there's a lot happening. You know, Jesus kind of starts his public ministry with a bang, right? He goes into the synagogue, and, and the, the leaders there, and the people there are like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? There's something different about his teaching. There's some authority. There's some weight behind what he's saying. And he's casting out demons, and he's healing people, and, and the, they're, they're all astonished and trying to really figure out, get their grasp on, on who this guy is. And underlying all of it is authority. This authority that Jesus has, right? And and last week and in weeks prior, we spoke about the heart issues when it comes to authority, okay? Just a moment, just for a moment, just pause. And when I say the word authority, authority figures, what does that do for you personally? There's a lot of emotion, depending on your experiences, good or bad, with authority figures, uh, authority officials. How does authority resonate with you? Right? How does that? Because, man, I think if we're honest, some of our experiences with family and school, maybe athletics, work with the government, even within the context of church experiences, if we're honest, when someone says the word authority, you might tighten up a little bit. Uh, authority. Or it might not even necessarily be, be because uh, a bad experience in the past where you, know, you were betrayed or someone manipulated you or someone took advantage because they were in a position of authority and now you're really jaded and really guarded and really bitter towards authority. Maybe you're just uh, kind of a free spirit. Maybe you just kind of got the, thank you for your honesty, right? Maybe you're just, uh, just kind of like to free flow, right? And authority means a box. And authority means structure. And authority means boredom. And like, oh, right? And you kind of like just want to wing it. You just want to wing it, right? And, and I get that. 
I get that. And, and so there's a lot of different reactions and maybe a lot of different reasons that you may resonate positively or negatively with this idea of authority. And it's really important because that can bleed into your relationship with God daily, daily, right? I shared this quote with you before by Jonathan Lehman. It says, when we pull off the somewhat secularized mask of individualism, what we find behind it is a fear of, nay, a hatred of authority. It's not relationships that people are so afraid of. People long for relationships. Rather, it's a particular kind of relationship that people despise. The real problem then is not finally individualism. It's anti-authorityism. Loneliness is not the problem. A refusal to live life on anyone else's terms is. Whew. Now, I think if we're honest, because of our sin nature in the fall, and what that means as far as, you know, self and pleasing self and, you know, immediate gratification, there's that part of us that kind of resonates with that. And I was reflecting on, on really kind of the issues even swirling in the country right now. We kind of, you know, I, I do my best to keep up with what's going on out there, watch things, listen to things, read things. And... And I got to be honest with you, you know, I'm, I'm watching some of the, the heated arguments on some of these issues that are, that are really hot buttons right now. And I'm listening and I'm listening and I'm listening and I'm like, this is an authority issue. This is really at its core an authority issue. I get the issues, the, you know, all the issues that people and arguments they have, but if you keep peeling back, keep going back, keep going back to the root of the issue, it comes down to authority. It comes down to authority. Judges 17.6, there was a time in Israel, look it says, in those days there was no king in Israel, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Sound kind of familiar? There was no king, so everyone said, I got this. I'm the authority. I'm the authority. And what's interesting, I think about this, maybe in light of our culture today, people don't want there to be a king. They don't want there to be a God. The root issues, the root, the core of what is swirling out there on media is authority. Everyone kind of at the core wants to be able to do what's right in their own eyes. That's what's kind of going on. So I want to encourage you, you know, I, uh, you can debate, you can have your points, but you might be debating and, and, and discussing with someone who at the core doesn't want authority. You see what I'm saying? So you can go round and round and round and you can debate, 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 debate. And I'm not saying you don't do that respectfully and intelligently and all of that. But if you're talking to someone who at the root wants to do what they want to do and do what's right in their own eyes and they don't want a king and they don't want there to be a God, you're kind of not going to change their mind because it's really a heart issue. That's what's kind of going on right now, guys. Okay, I'm not saying we don't engage in the culture, but you have to understand what you're really dealing with in the culture could really be an issue of anti-authorityism, right? 
David Guzik says this about that phrase, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Some people call it moral subjectivism in our country right now. It says this, this refers to the radical individualism that marked the time of the judges. People looked to self for their guide to morality and ethics. The people genuinely felt that they did what was right, but they measured it only by their own eyes. This is very much like the modern follow your heart or let your heart be your guide thinking. Modern culture regards this as the ideal state of society. Yet the Bible and common sense tell us that this kind of moral, spiritual, and social anarchy brings nothing but destruction. So it's really interesting because in many ways what we're experiencing now, they experienced in the book of Judges. And so I share that with you because... It's important to be able to engage the culture intelligently, but also to look at your own heart. To look at your own heart and how this issue of authority and anti-authoritary authorityism, however that word is, right? How it's impacting you. How it's impacting you and me in our daily choices when it comes to God's revealed word, right? His commands and all of that. And it's interesting because this goes all the way back to the garden. This really isn't new because this issue of authority and being God was the devil's earliest trick. Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like who? God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Do you see it? What was going on in the garden? Right? The devil's strategy was to undermine God's authority. And how did he undermine God's authority? By casting doubt on God's character. Right? By making them feel like God was hiding something from them. Right? And then ultimately he says, you know what? You can be God, which means you can be the authority. You can be wise, and you can be the big shot caller. God just doesn't want you to be that. He's just keeping it from you. It's the same playbook. It's the same strategy. The garden, the book of Judges, June 25th, 2023. It's the same strategy. It's the same struggle that many of us have. Because many of us were raised to be independent. Many of us were raised to be self-sufficient. Many of us were raised to be the boss, to not be a doormat, to not be pushed around, right? And then you put on top of that bad experiences with authority, things you see on the media about all these authority departments and authority this and this and and suddenly you get jaded, right? And, And that just all plays into the devil's, yeah, you see, you see? Authority equals bad. Authority equals pain. Authority equals hurt. 
Authority equals you getting taken advantage of. And then he twists it and he says, why don't you just be the authority? Why don't you just be the authority? Who's to say? Right? Let's just all get along and everyone can be, do what's right in their own eyes. Same, it's the same scenario. It's the same strategy. Nothing's changed. Sam Hanstra says this, the question of authority is a fundamental issue facing every person, especially the believer. Its significance cannot be overestimated. Every person has an authority in life that he or she submits to as a subordinate, not by constraint, but by conviction. Furthermore, God has created human beings to live under his authority. When they choose to live under a different rule, that of self or an idol, they sin. This is, in a simple summary, the teachings of Genesis 1 and 3. That portion of scripture illustrates the human tendency, moved by pride, to seek independence from external authority and to establish self as the final authority in life. So if you're wondering maybe why you, you're kind of stuck in your faith and you're not growing, you know, and you made some wonderful progress as a believer and Jesus has changed some things in your life, but you just seem maybe now to kind of like, ugh, ugh, ugh. It might be that you've grown and you matured in your walk to the place where Jesus is like, hey, now let's deal with this. And you're like, oh, I don't know about that one, Jesus. I give you authority over all of this, but this one right here, I'm not so sure I'm ready to let you be the authority just yet. That might be what's going on. It's not that you're not saved. It's just that area of struggle is really an issue of authority, authority. And in me sharing this with you, because I battle with this myself, it's, sometimes it's helpful to identify what's going on. Sometimes you go, you might be struggling in your walk, in your faith, and you're like, why am I struggling with this? Why can't I just do what I'm supposed to do? Anyone? Why, why does it, the patterns just repeat? Why, I know. Anyone say, I know I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. Or, or I can't believe I did it again. Right? Am I right? Okay, so we start beating ourselves up, and we go, bad, bad Christian, bad Christian, you know, and bad me, and then, you know, I'm angry in the parking lot, whatever, right, you know, and, and so, you know, it might just be, and this is, I say this with, with love, it might just be an authority issue. The reason we called it when I was in football, and we would mess up, the coach would say, take a lap. The reason you keep taking laps in this issue is because you didn't want to give up the authority in it. It's a surrender and a submission issue. You're not a horrible Christian. He's just wanting to grow you a little bit more, stretch you a little bit more, challenge you to trust him more by giving him authority in that issue. And it's not that even necessarily it's an evil, wicked thing. It might be that you're struggling to give him authority because you're terrified. You're literally terrified. If you do, now I become vulnerable. Now I take a risk and all the pain and all the stuff of your past, right? Because when we're wounded, we become self-protective. And there's a part of our brain that's wired for survival. 
And so this radar, we had, we just, we're just hardwired for this radar, you know? And, and when, when a threat is perceived, we go into protection mode that just helped us survive in all these years. So the challenging part, and this makes our walk with Jesus supernatural. I, I told you repeatedly, our walk with Jesus is supernatural. Because when he calls us to surrender authority to him, it takes the work of God. Why? Because everything in your brain is like, warning, warning, will, right? Who lost in space? Warning, warning, right? All your dashboard lights up. Everything fires off in the flesh. And you're like, oh. And everything in your flesh wants to self-protect, wants to, no, 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 no. And Jesus is just loving like, let me be authority. Give it to me. Surrender. Trust me. So I share with you again, that just might be, again, for a variety of reasons, why sometimes in your walk with Jesus you feel like, I, I just keep blowing it in the same area over and over, and I just don't understand well, are you willing to let him be the authority in that area? Do you trust him enough to submit to him in, in that area? Right? And I get it. I remember back, you know, dating myself back in the, when the original Top Gun came out, right? Was that the 80s or something like that? The original Top Gun came out, and, you know, uh, Tom Cruise, Maverick, and, you know, his personality and, you know, kind of outside of the box kind of guy and, you know, didn't really like rules. Or anything. I remember watching that and my wife's like, you're Maverick. And I'm like, I know. And, you know, I'd play video games with the youth and stuff and all, my, my name on the video game would always be Maverick, right? And I would just be Maverick and, you know, and play Halo and all that kind of stuff. I like Maverick. And I kind of understood that... I grew up kind of a free spirit. I grew up kind of doing my own thing, really independent, and didn't really like rules, kind of knew how to play the game, but deep down, I kind of had this maverick tendency in me. And, and when I became a believer, man, it's been a challenge, right? You're just like, oh, man. It's just kind of a lot of my life, and I was the, the, the challenge with my, my kind of journey with being a maverick is that I was successful at it. I did well in school, I went to college, I went to UCLA, I went to law school. So being a maverick didn't have these horrible consequences. It reinforced bad behavior. That I could kind of wing it, and I could just kind of be outside the system, and I didn't have to submit to structure and all this kind of stuff, and I could still be successful. You see how that reinforces bad behavior? Right? That's just teaching me I don't need to submit to authority. That just teaches me I'm fine, thank you very much. Right? In fact, my, uh, I come from a military family, and so when I was at UCLA, uh, I, my second year, there was a deadline where you had to uh, apply for ROTC. Right? And I come from a Navy family, and I was like, oh, man, okay, ROTC, you get to be an officer, and you know, all that stuff that comes with benefits and all this. And I was like, I got the application, and I was like, filled it out, and I'm like, okay, came down to the day of, and I'm like, I got to turn this in or not. And you know what my issue was back in my really big Maverick college days? It was like, authority. If I turn this in, they got me. For five years after I graduate minimum, I got to fulfill as an officer, you got to serve for at least five years. And I was just like, struggling with this, like, 
desire. On one hand, I thought Navy was really cool, you know, all the benefits of that. And the other, deep down, I was like, but you got to give up your freedom. That's how I, and in the end, I didn't, I chose not to submit it. And quite honestly, because the maverick in me was like, kind of at that point in my life, I valued my authority, me being the authority and independent and doing my thing and, and the structure of the military, just a little too constraining for me in my mindset back then, right? And that's for me has been an area of sanctification in my walk 30 plus years with the Lord, Right? Because that maverick, how many of you, you, your maverick shows up every once in a while? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that, right? <laughs> right? And so I, I share this with you because I'm in the journey with you on this, this, this issue of biblical authority and the, how it impacts our walk and our daily decisions, right? In the Bible, the, uh, the word authority is the ability or strength with which one is endued. It's, it's a legal term. It combines the idea of a right and might. It's the freedom to decide or act without hindrance, the power, ability, or capability to complete an action. And so Jesus is given all authority by who? By his Father, right? Acts 2.36. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him, Jesus, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. God the Father, right, made Jesus King and Messiah. In fact, in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus himself says this. And Jesus came and said to them, all what? Authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All. Like, that's a weighty statement. Jesus says, hey, in this whole universe, I am sovereign over everything. All authority rests in me, right? In the amplified version of that, it says this. Jesus came up and said to them, all authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. See, I think part of the challenge with this in, in kind of like modern churchdom is that We've watered down the authority and the sovereignty of God, of Jesus, and we elevated that Jesus is your buddy and Jesus is your friend, right? And we'll talk about that in a little bit. We can never forget the fact that Jesus himself says all authority has been given. He is the authority. He is the man, right? John MacArthur says this. Jesus Christ, with all authority, is free to do what he wants, when he wants, where he wants, with what he wants, to whomever, whomever he wants. It is absolute freedom of choice and action. That's the essence of sovereign authority. That's Jesus. You're saved by faith in Jesus, but Jesus is Lord. All authority rests in him, Right? We saw in this passage that he had authority in his teaching, authority over demons, authority over sickness. In Mark 4, Jesus has authority over nature. He calms the storm and the waves, right? Mark 2, he has the authority to forgive sins. He even has authority over death and life. Look at John 10. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. 
No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. You know what the challenge for me is that, you know, as we've raised, kind of elevated the the friendship of Jesus and the, the niceness of Jesus and Jesus is your buddy, you know, take this the right way. It kind of makes Jesus out to be a punk, like a weakling. Like he says, oh, please obey me. Oh, if it's convenient, would you please? And, and then when we do that and you make him out to be sort of this weak, punk dude who's just asking you to please obey him or you're going to hurt his feelings, you know, what happens is you forget that he's king. He's Lord. Lord, sovereign of the universe, right? It, it, you know, I've been in ministry for 30 years, and it's really interesting how easily we in the church dismiss disobedience. We rationalize it, we excuse it, we justify it, it's inconvenient, we kind of just, oh yeah, I know, but, you know, God understands. The king understands? The sovereign of the universe in whom is all authority, that he understands that you're just blowing him off? There's a weightiness to the holiness of God, the majesty of God, his kingship, his, his, his righteousness that the church needs to get back. The church needs to come back, and we call him Abba, Father. Jesus Christ is our Savior and Lord, but we need to be ready to be on our face before the King of Kings, the God of the universe. Part of our struggle, I believe, in our walks, why we're hindered and why we get kind of like distracted and pulled away by the things of the world is because we like to play with the things of the world. We kind of like to play it both ways. We're not fully committed to Lord Jesus in whom is all authority, right? We just like to play with enough of this and enough of that and Jesus will understand We need to come back to a real understanding of what it means that all authority is his, that he is the sovereign of the universe. There's a wonderful passage in Matthew 8 that really helps us to, I think, transition from a negative view of authority, if that's where you are this morning, here at home, if you're honest, when I say the word authority, really not the feel-good word for you today, right? There's a wonderful passage in Matthew 8 that I'm hoping you'll think about that will help you transition to an embracing and a wonderful view of authority. It says this in Matthew 8. When he, Jesus, had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he, Jesus, said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, With no one in Israel have I found such faith. 
there's this incredible moment of a centurion who really understands authority in the military structure. And then he sees Jesus, and he understands who Jesus is and the authority that Jesus has, and it's a good thing. In fact, it's so good that Jesus doesn't even need to come to his house. He's like, Jesus, you are such the man. You're not a punk. You can just say it because you have all authority over sickness. You have all authority. Just say it, and my servant will be healed from here. And Jesus is like, dude, that is awesome. That is so awesome. See, this centurion saw Jesus' authority as incredibly good. Incredibly good. It was great. He's like, you're yay. I get authority. I'm a centurion. I got soldiers. It's cool, isn't it? He's like, but you, you are such the authority. Just say it, right? And, 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 I, and I hope that that's encouraging to you, that Jesus' authority is a good thing. It's a great thing that Jesus is sovereign, amen? And we're going to look at that. It's a really good thing. That Jesus is in control of this universe. <laughs> it's a really good thing. Right? Because I'm honest with you. You watch enough TV. You watch enough YouTube clips. You watch all of this. What starts to seep into your head is, who's in charge of this thing? Anyone? You're like, is it the dudes on the East Coast? Is it the billionaires around the globe? Is it the Federal Reserve? Who, is it the mill? Who's running this planet anyway? God is. God is running the planet. Nothing on this planet happens outside of his sovereign rule. It, you may not understand. I don't understand why he allows certain things. I don't get that. But the Bible says the Lord reigns. His authority is a really good thing. Because think about it. If, you, if, if God was not sovereign, how do you make it day to day? Where's your hope? Is it chance, luck, fate? What, you're just adrift. You're a speck in this universe just to the will of whatever the universe wants, I guess. But I'm telling you, through faith in Jesus Coming a child of God, adopted into his family, being able to call the God of the universe Abba, being able to call my Savior, Lord, I wake up every morning and I praise God that he is in control. He is in control. He's in control of your work. He's in control. He's in control of your school, what teachers you get. He's in control of everything. All the time, 24-7, 365. That's his authority. That's our Father. That's our Savior. Ultimate authority. We got to take a deep breath as a church and put a smile on your face. But it's heavy out there. I get it. And that's, that's, that's where I have to even guard myself because I try to stay in tune with what's out there and the latest stuff. And man, I got to tell you, even for me, I watch enough of it and I just get heavy. I'm like, like I said, what is going on? You know, and things change from day to day, and it's up and down and left and right. And you're like, what is going on? And then I have to come back to the simplicity of the word of God that says, the Lord reigns. He's in control. 
All authority. He's the ultimate. All authority is in him. Okay? And then it's interesting because in Matthew 28, 18, this authority is the basis for the Great Commission. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He says, hey, you know what? I'm the authority. Now I'm sending you. That would be kind of like the commandant of the Marines showing up and saying, hey, I'm the commandant of the Marines. I need you to go do this. There's only one answer. Yes, sir. Right? So he says, all authority, now you go. Now here's the thing. Because Jesus has all authority on heaven, in heaven and earth, we go with joy. We go with confidence. Not in our ability, in his authority. Amen? His authority is a foundation for our obedience. Right? Ray Pritchard says it this way. When the disciples entered Alexandria, they need have no fear because there was no power in Alexandria greater than the power of Jesus Christ. They could appreciate the glories of Athens, but they need not be intimidated because there was no glory in Athens greater than the glory of Jesus Christ. And in Rome, the seat of imperial power could not compare to the power of Jesus Christ, uh, compared to the power resident in the one who sits at the right hand of the Father Almighty. We have nothing to fear because the power of Jesus far surpasses the powers of the rulers of this world. All of that to say, we have nothing to fear as we go into the world because the power of Jesus far surpasses the power and authority of the rulers of this world. That means we can go forth a little bit of an attitude. Because we're going forth with his authority. Nothing can happen that he doesn't ultimately allow. Now, that's a whole series we'll do one time on the sovereignty of God and trusting God. But, man, oh, man, if you will just take time to understand the authority of Jesus and what that means as we go out into the world, it might just help you with your courage and confidence. Because the world keeps coming at you and the devil keeps coming at you. And it's so constant that the church, I think, more and more is doing this. Getting intimidated. Getting scared. You're retreating. Becoming less. When truly, we're like this. We should be like this. Because we are sent to go by the whom and by Jesus in whom all authority rests. We go. We're messengers of the king of kings. The God of the universe is Abba, our father. And I just share this with you. It may not necessarily mean you go to a mission field. Just go to work with the Jesus-tude. Meaning, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. King of kings, Lord of lords, sovereign of this universe in whom all authority rests... I'm a child of that. Nothing on this planet can touch me outside of his authority. See, a lot of us, even in our faith, because maybe we don't understand 
that we are not rooted theologically. We think that we're subject to the winds of this and chance. And no. Mm-mm. All authority is his. He is sovereign over this entire universe, 24-7, 365, including your life. 24-7, 365. That's pretty cool to me. Yeah? Yeah? I mean, come on. That, I mean, right? So Jesus says all authority is in him, so, and the authority he sends us out. But listen to what he says about the gospel. This is Jesus in whom is all authority. He says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. See, it's really interesting because, you know, I grew up as a believer. I memorized that, right? You say that a lot. But when you hear that from Jesus in whom is all authority, that carries some weight. Suddenly you're like, that is a messenger from Jesus in whom is all authority. That's pretty cool, right? That's the good news. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, right? This is Jesus, Lord Jesus saying this. And so as we process this, because this is one of those messages, I'm like, Lord, what do you do with this? He's like, just give them the word of God. And let the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do in your life. Because this authority issue, it's deep. And it, there's a lot to it. I get that. It might be experiences. It might be a kind of a rebellious upbringing, whatever. I get that. But what's inescapable is that the Bible teaches that Jesus has all authority. In fact, if you read the Gospels, Jesus' battles and issues with the religious leaders was kind of an issue of authority. Not that he was anti-authority. He was saying, you know what? You have this structure of religious authority. Hey, guys, my authority is greater than that. That's why the Pharisees didn't like him. They had this system in place, very authoritative, keeping it in check, just the way they liked it. Jesus came, and he was saying, you know what? Eh, My authority comes from my father. And they were like, uh, what do we do about that? Sometimes I just wonder, if that was a battle of authority, the religious leaders versus Jesus' greater authority. Is that going on in my life, in your life, this battle of authority? Right? Because sometimes in our life, we, we get to a certain place, even in our walk, and we kind of got it dialed in, and you know, we got a job, or we got this, and comfortable and you know we're kind of in control of it all just kind of got it dialed in and then along comes Jesus and he wants to upset the table how many of you get a little bit nervous when Jesus wants to move the furniture in your house oh but I like the chair there Jesus it's just where I know it's going to be every day right well who's the authority Who's the authority? Who has the right to move the furniture? (laughs) And here's the thing. When he wants to move the furniture in your life and in my life, it's for our good. Amen? Because around here, Christine, you you got to say, God is good. 
And all the time, even when he moves the furniture, oh, really? But I just got my life all dialed in, and now Jesus wants to upset it, and he wants me to forgive her, and he wants me to do this with my money, and he wants me to get involved with this. That's going to take more time. Oh, Jesus, my life was just going so well. Authority issue, isn't it? Who's the authority over your time? Who's the authority over your money? Who's the authority over whether or not you forgive someone? Who's the authority over whether or not you serve? I just share this with you because if not only is it an issue of the flesh, but the enemy just... But around here, we fully believe, and only say this if you believe it, God is good, and all the time, that means his authority is good. And all the time, his authority is? Okay, just remember you said that because we got it on camera right there. <laughs> it's trust, isn't it? It really is this walk of faith. To submit to Jesus' authority is a step of faith. We say it. We can say it. I get it. I'm with you. But when the rubber meets the road, it's an issue of trust and faith, isn't it? To yield and submit to his authority requires faith, which requires the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember Jesus, the garden? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. What was happening in the garden? Submission to authority, wasn't it? So Jesus gets it. If you're struggling with authority and you're in a garden moment, look to Jesus because he said, Father, if there's any way... He says, nevertheless, not my will, not, but your will. It was, it was a tremendous issue of submission to authority, of trust, of faith, right? And so circling back, finally says this. Psalm 97.1. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. I, I, we got to get that Jesus' authority is a, is a reason to rejoice. Amen? Come on, look at it. Let's read it together. Psalm 97.1. Ready? Begin. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Right now. Okay. Sometimes we think he's going to reign in heaven. He, da, da, no. The Lord reigns at 11, 14, June 25th, 2023. The Lord is reigning. He's reigning right now. Jesus has all authority right now. This is present tense truth. Whatever's going on in Russia, whatever's going on in the, in the capital, whatever's going on right now, the big picture truth is the Lord reigns. And we should rejoice that the Lord reigns. And if you really want to, you know, more reason to rejoice, can I have that real quick, guys? Right? I give you permission to cheat and read the end of the book. Because we win. We win. We're already winners. The Bible says in Romans 8, we're already more than conquerors. But if you want to know where it's going and how it plays out, I give you permission. Read the end of the book. But see, the end of the book might let you believe that. Oh, that's revelation. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. The truth is present tense. He's reigning. He's reigning. He's reigning. Right now. In any circumstance, any relationship, any area of your life, the Lord is in control. 
So come back. Take whatever time is necessary this week. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Look at Proverbs 21.30. No human wisdom or understanding or plan can stand against the Lord. You know what that means? No one can mess with you if the Lord doesn't want them to mess with you. No one can ruin your life if it's not the Lord's will. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we get this real, oh, da, 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 da. No. No human wisdom or understanding or plan can stand against the Lord's plan for your life. That's a confidence maker. That's a joy moment. That's like, all right, push the reset button. Because I have, you know, you may have fallen into a funk. A funk with what is circumstances of your life, a funk circumstances of this country, a funk in circumstances of the planet, and you've just been kind of like, you know, Eeyore. Ooh, you got this Christian gray cloud over you. And maybe today God's like, rejoice because I reign. Rejoice because I'm in control. Rejoice because all authority is in me. Rejoice because I'm sovereign. 24-7, 365, I never slumber or sleep. I got your back. You got to trust me, though. Sometimes I'm going to allow things in your life that you may not understand, you may not even like, but you got to keep trusting me. Even when you don't understand, even when your flesh rears up, you have to trust me because God is good and all the time. Father, thank you. Thank you that your authority is so good and such an incredible source of joy and confidence and peace in a very messed up world. And sometimes, Father, when I look at the news and I read things and and I'm watching these clips, it literally feels like it's helpless and hopeless. And then I'm reminded in Psalm 97.1, the Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. I'm reminded in Proverbs 21, no human wisdom or understanding or plan can stand against the Lord. Our Lord. Our Abba. We are children of God. Our names are written in the book of life. We are not helpless victims on this planet. We are citizens of heaven. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we live. In the power of the Holy Spirit, we obey all for your glory. We trust you. And Father, I pray for those this morning that this issue of authority, maybe a light bulb has gone on and they're seeing struggles in their life more clearly for what it is. I pray this morning that if they're struggling with authority, that at this very moment, here or at home or wherever they're listening, that they would choose to trust you. Choose to humble themselves and surrender to your authority. For some, it will be terrifying, perhaps. For others, it will be very difficult because of just past habits and the flesh. 
And Father, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we can choose to submit to your authority. So I pray we would do that. And in so doing that, we would be free from bondage, free from lies, free from oppression, free to follow you, Jesus. Free to be transformed more and more into your likeness. Free to rejoice once again. To see how we see this planet, because I think for many, even in the church, there's a heaviness and a weightiness and an oppressive view of this planet that has just killed our joy. We need to come back. That you are the ultimate authority. You are God. You are sovereign and you reign and you rule. 24 7, 365. And then, Father, I pray for those this morning that, that don't have a relationship with you, Jesus. You yourself say that we are saved by believing on you. And so, with your authority, Jesus, I, I, I pray for those that need to believe on Jesus as Savior, need to trust him today with their salvation. If that's you, you can pray something like this. Just between you and God, say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were crucified, you died, you rose from the dead. You are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, my sin. And Jesus, in the best way I know how, I'm trusting you today, right now, to be my Savior. I yield, I submit to you as Lord, all authority in you. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I'm trusting you right now. So, Father, as we prepare to leave, I pray that we would perhaps even leave this service with fresh eyes. Fresh, you know, just a, a perspective given to us by the Holy Spirit that when we look outside these doors, the God who created these mountains is our Father. The God who created these, these mountains is still in control of this planet. And we know how the book ends. So, Father, we love you. I thank you so much for everyone who was able to join us today. And we go forth. We go forth with joy and confidence because Jesus is on the throne. And all God's people said, amen. So I'm here to talk about the Women's Ministry Summer Workshops. And the first one we have coming up is Saturday, July 22nd at 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And it's going to be a cooking workshop, and I'm going to teach it. And this is a really great time to bring your non-Christian friends, someone that might not want to come and sit in a church because it might be too intimidating. No offense. Sorry. <laughs> but this is just a really fun way to bring your friends to something and introduce them to church and let them know how much fun we have here at church. So I'm going to be doing, we're going to be doing three different um, food items. The first one I'll tell you about the day today and the next I'll tell you about next week. But the first one we're going to do is a make-ahead um, freezer breakfast sandwich. And it's kind of like the ones you get at McDonald's or Starbucks, but it's much better. So we're going to learn to make them ahead, put them in the freezer, and that way you can have those um, for breakfast and you can save time and save money. So we're going to do that one. And then um, I'll tell you about the next ones next week. And then we are in August doing a card-making workshop. 
So that I'll tell you a little bit more about that in August. But um, the cooking workshop is $15, and there's going to be sign-ups outside at the welcome cart, and I'll be there. And we still have a couple books, free books out there for the women also. And um, when you sign up, if you pay me or Eileen, that's going to secure your spot because we only have 20 people that can come to that. And it's filling up pretty quickly. So go ahead and make sure you get the money to me or Eileen so you have a place. So, And I think that is it. So thank you. Great. Thanks, Christine. Hello. Good morning. How are we? Good. All right. Well, I've got a couple of youth announcements, and I'm a little, I'm a week late on one of them, so I'm sorry. But the first one is I want to recognize and congratulate any graduating students or those who have been promoted, and I see at least one. Can you raise your hand? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's give her a hand. So they're... Man, there's only one, but that's all right. So if you see any of the other students that have graduated or have been promoted, uh, just encourage them, let them know that you support them and love them. Um, and as a church, you know, we, Eowyn, we want you to know that we're proud of you, that we love you. And even though you may be going far away into college, we, we still support you and love you. So, uh, And lastly, uh, it is the summer, so we have a, an event coming up. It's our pool party. And it's going to be this Wednesday from 6 to 8. We're going to be at the Body Combs. Uh, there are uh, sheets on the back table, the welcome cart. It's got more information on there. But if you would, if you're planning to go, would you just let me know? Because uh, it's always great to have extra pizza. Uh, but I've already got kind of a figure going now with, you know, Shiloh being pregnant and everything. And uh, uh, so just let me know. We're going to have pizza. We're going to have games. We're going to have fun and just kind of kick off the summer uh, with the pool. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jordan. I'm still trying to figure out how you blame Shiloh for your weight gain, but um, that's kind of that's sympathy eating. Is that what it is? All right. A couple others. Uh, men, we mentioned this a few weeks ago in November, solely business men's event. Uh, registration is today at 2 p.m. It does fill up very quickly. Uh, Reagan, if you were here a few weeks back, did a great job sharing. Uh, th- this is a, a life changer. And uh, you get away. It's just, what, two hours up at Fraser Park? Um, but registration is today. The, there's a link to the website on our website. And if you have questions, you can talk to Randy afterwards or text him, and he'll get you the link. But uh, we want to really let you know at 2 p.m. today when it, when it opens up, it does fill up really quickly. So uh, take advantage of that if you're available for that. And then uh, something we've been announcing for the last three weeks, two weeks, three weeks. Uh, next Sunday, we are not going to be here. We are all going to participate in something bigger than us. Uh, we're the first annual, first time ever. We're doing a Ojai Valley Ministerial Association churchwide service and picnic. Uh, I mean, we celebrate Good Friday as churches in the valley, you know, at, at uh, Libby Bowl. And uh, as senior pastors, we just had uh, the, uh, our last meeting this past Wednesday. And there's going to be, I think, four or five churches that are going to be out there on uh, Sunday, next Sunday. Uh, we really encourage you to come on out. And uh, it's going to be something new, and we're going to test the waters with it. Uh, Pastor Gavin is going to be preaching, redemption, and actually it's going to be a collaborative worship team, from what I understand. And we really want you to come out and just be a part 
of something bigger than us. You know, it, it's kind of interesting. Sundays, we, we all understand, you know, God calls us to individual fellowships. Um, but especially the geography of the Ojai Valley, when we meet, it's really great to be with the other pastors because we recognize that the geography of the Ojai Valley lends itself to really seeing us as the church of the Ojai Valley. And so next Sunday, we encourage you to come on out. Uh, thank you for all of those who have signed up. The sign-up sheets look great out there. There's, there's two, uh, two elements to the sign-up sheet for next Sunday. One is uh, if you're going to drive in to Seoul Park, you know, someone on the east end, don't go to the golf course. We're not going to be at the golf course. Okay, it's Seoul Park, County Park. Uh, typically, there's uh, a fee to come in, but uh, that has been covered. Someone has graciously donated um, to get all of us there for free. Um, but we would like to know the number of cars because we have to finalize that with the county. So a sign-up sheet, you can just put your last name, and then we'll know that that vehicle is coming through. Also, uh, on that sign-up sheet, you may see a last name with a number. Uh, that's for a barbecue. Redemption is doing a barbecue, hamburgers, hot dogs, potato salad, chips, drinks, the whole deal. And uh, again, someone has come forward and comped your barbecue. So, yes. So uh, if you would just let us know, put your name on there and a number, and uh, we're going to let Redemption Church know how many more burgers and dogs they need from the well. Um, so we really encourage you to come on out. Uh, a couple of logistics when you get there. Uh, come through the gate. When you come through the gate, just tell them that you're from the well. They're going to be doing a little tally. Uh, we're in area two, okay? So park in area two and then bring your chairs or your blankets and then you'll, you'll see where redemption is set up for the service. We're just all going to walk over there. Um, you can bring your own food. You don't have to do the barbecue. Bring your own food. And then it's just a picnic afterwards with the other churches in the valley. Uh, we all know each other anyway, so it's just like a big reunion. Um, and then finally, and, and you guys are really good about arriving early here, and we really appreciate that. But I just, how many of you have been to Soul Park? Okay, how many of you know there's one lane in? So I just want to picture regular, not, not you, but regular church people who think it starts at 10. So what time are they all going to arrive? At 10. So imagine four churches at 10 a.m. at the gate at Soul Park. So I'm just going to encourage you, probably want to get there early. Okay, just to get parked and walk on over so that at 10 a.m. you're not backed up to the main road, hoping that you get in in time. So uh, come on out. It's going to be a great Sunday. It's the first ever, you know, um, we have great relationships with the other pastors in the valley, and, and we're genuinely excited about this because we really have a, a heart for this valley, and we really understand that we're just part of something bigger than any of us. And uh, so to come out there, especially in the culture and climate of where the country and the world is, uh, for the church of the Ojai Valley to gather uh, is really even a declaration of unity in Christ. So if you can make it, um, we'd love to have you. Please sign up, and, um, and we're going to have a great time.